Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Last week we, we touched on the life of David and we spoke about this truth that often in lives in our lives dreams gets crushed and uh, it's interesting because there's this almost like a belief out there that the better people we are the more prosperous our lives would be externally you know like uh, i'm a good person this should not happen to to me you know i mean other people they do stuff i, I expect these kind of things to happen to them but not to me and then we look at the life of David, the greatest king except for King Jesus to arguably walk the earth and he's alive. I mean, his sons kill one another. The one son rapes his daughter. And then his own son chases him out of a kingdom. It's not a nice life. At 61, he's walking out of his kingdom up a hill barefoot to crying. You know, and, and we just spoke to the fact that there is times when our dreams get crushed and we don't know often how to handle it because the church will not speak about it. And so when we are in a place where a dream gets crushed, we think there's something wrong with us. But there's not. Life is just happening. And, and I'm going to carry on with that tonight. Um, I forgot to put that little promo thingy on, but just follow me in your head. Next week we are starting with an eight-week sermon series. And we are also starting with it an eight-week series in small group. Now, in small group, we're going to do hosting the presence, okay, from Bill Johnson. We're going to watch it together in the small groups for eight weeks. And on Sundays, we're going to do the words and works of Jesus. So we're going to, we're going to look at the gospel. We're going to go from the Old Testament a bit into the gospels. We're going to look at what Jesus did and what he said. And we're going to, with that, we're going to focus on his presence in small group, starting next week, Sunday. We'll have something up on social media, and we'll send you some nice stuff to WhatsApp someone. Is that okay? Tuk net so, sê vir hulle volgende week, dit gebeur, die woorde en die werke van Jesus. Tonight, understanding and dealing with trials. Okay, met moeilike tye. Why and how? Via fleis. Sit van on fleis. Let me just quickly pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this evening. Lord, we are not here to please a man. We are not here to, to preach a message that sounds good on the ears of any one person. We have a lot more respect for you and your word than for any one person, even everyone here. And so here we are to hear your true words and let them change our lives and not the other way around. Let us be true to your word tonight and let us be true to your word in this week. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and reveal the truth in our hearts. Amen. Now, let's quickly read this together. The disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? What's the right way to pray? And Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Or forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Same, same idea. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, Jesus is not saying that this prayer should be repeated like a parrot. Okay? He's giving us guidelines of prayer. For example, um, our Father, you're praying to an affectionate Father. So come like a son, is what he's saying. You don't, you don't have to say our Father, you can say Dad. You can say, my good Lord. Can you see the heart of it? Um, hallowed be your name. In other words, Lord, not my name, yours. Lift your name up in this town, through Sussel, through this church, through this school, through the rugby club, whatever. He's giving us guidelines on which you form, almost, as you pray. Okay, can you see that? Um, your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, Lord, your will, not my will. That's a dangerous prayer. <laughs> if you pray it with your heart. Okay, that's just, if you want to read through this to, tomorrow morning and pray, you don't, you don't have to repeat every word, and if you forget one word, then you're kind of in trouble. <laughs> no, it's not like that, okay? Get, get the heart of it. Now, what we're going to do tonight is two things. I'm going to start a little bit academic. So hold on to your seat, all right? Um, and then we're going to end with application. Um, if you could just show that next slide, please. That's what we're doing tonight. Now, I know a lot of you guys live for the application. In other words, the two passings. So what do I do now? Very important that we get there. But there's also a lot of us that, that God is, is wired in that way to, to need to get that little bit of academic food, if I can say it that way. For some of us, it's okay to know that there, every now and then you must check the water and oil of your car. Others need to take the cars apart, okay? And spiritually, we're gifted like that as well. So we're going to take it apart a little bit, and then we're going to apply it. So what now in our lives? You with me? Up for the challenge? Okay, Muni Af Switchni. Matthew 6, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the, our academic start. There's something in this verse that seems odd. Please look at this verse. Look at it for yourself. If you've been a Christian for a while, and you've read through the New Testament one once or twice, you, you'll caught on. If you're new around the faith, don't worry. It's, it's not a competition. It's, we're going to teach you some cool stuff tonight. Who, who can look at that verse and say, there's something that, it is kind of weird to me. Is, there, is there anyone, is it only me? Who, okay. What is weird here? Let's go to the next slide. James 1 verse 13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God does not tempt any one human being on earth. So why pray? <laughs> why pray? Uh, uh, lead us not into temptation. It's like a, it's like a futile. It's like you saying, Werner, but it's to flee um, from Auntie. I can't do it. Okay, God's character is so strong and pure; He cannot tempt a human. So why pray? Can you see the, we've got a tension here again in the Scripture? Okay, are you with me? Why need to you look at me? Okay. 
Now, what you need to understand about the Bible is it never contradicts itself. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. And so when it looks like something is standing against something else, you need to go investigate. All right? And as you investigate with an open heart, you always see how it fits. Okay? It's like getting a witness report from a murder that happened, and there's a few lies in between, but at the end of the day, the truth always comes out. Okay? If we study, if we look. Now, with Scripture, you can always start with, it never contradicts itself. But there's a lot of things that stands in tension, and that's why we need the Spirit. All right, so now let's get into this. God cannot tempt, but God is a tester of faith. Check this out. O Lord of hosts, who tests the righteous. Who's the righteous? Those who follow God. What does God do? He tests us. 100%. Okay? Who sees the heart and mind. Let me see your vengeance upon them for you. For to you have I committed my course. Okay, God tests the righteous. He tests our hearts. Now, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. We get that word again. When we are tested, it produces steadfastness. Everyone knows that tests are a good thing. We write them in schools. We write them in universities. God knew it way before the professors. When we are tested, we become better. Did you know that? Why do people hang those degrees in their office? They need to be reminded, I can do this. I did it back in that year. I got my degree. I can do it. And when we go through spiritual tests, more or less the same happen. We grow. Now, God is a tester, but he's not a tempter. Here's another one. It shows us that God is a tester of faith. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary... You have been grieved by various trials, if necessary. Who, who deems whether it's necessary or not? That's God. Various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise. It's when you are tested and you pass that you are growing. Does God test us? Yes. Does God tempt us? No. What's the difference? What's going on here? Where's the catch? Let's go on. Satan, on the other hand, he tempts us. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you. He wants you in his kingdom. That he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. What is Satan's intention? I want to cause destruction on Peter. I want his faith to fail. Ultimate temptation. You fall away from the faith. Satan tempts us. God tests us. What's the big difference? When you are tempted by Satan, the intention is that you will fail and turn away. When you are tested by God, it is that you may pass the test and the genuineness of your faith must grow. There's a tension there, but both live together. Now, here is the great dilemma for New Testament language writers. Check this next slide. Here we go. This word, say pirasmos. <laughs> Sounds like a pizza at the Italian restaurant. The same word in Greek, 
Pirasmos is the word used for test and temptation. It, sometimes the Greek language has got a lot more words, for example, for love. There's more than one word. But then it's a language nonetheless. And in this case, it's the same word used for temptation and test, but they would know in the sentence what's going on here. But it confuses us a bit. Now, it's the same for us. We have words which are spelled the same, but they have different meanings. What are they called? Where's the teachers? In English, homograph. Okay? Okay? Let me give you an example. Can we have some fun? Marie, come help me. And Maria. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, Maria, I, I would like you to hit the nail. Can, can, you, see the, can you see the problem here? Okay. It, it's the same story, but, but he will know we're talking about this thing, all right, not the finger. And that's the same. If we, if we have another example, for example, let's say um, Maria says to Maria, um, let's go play some pool. And Maria, if, if he's never played this, he's like, don't you mean in the pool? You know, it's like, no, pool. Because we, we share words. Okay, one more. Um, what do you like to do? What sport do you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squash. Squash. You know, like, like this. <laughs> no, no, it's a sport. It's a, but it's the same word. Okay, you guys can sit down. Thank you. You get, you get the idea. Okay, so homograph, same word, same spelling, and depending on the sentence, it's got a different meaning. Now we've got very small translators and they help, of, help us with this. But now in the Lord's Prayer, you've got this word, pirasmos, which can mean temptation or test. Let's go into it a little bit deeper. Well, first we have to note that even if we get the language right, we cannot understand without the Holy Spirit what God is saying. Even in Isaiah 55, it says, remember, his thoughts are so much higher than yours. Remember that. We're almost done with the academic part. Please don't check out. So here we are again, Matthew 6.13, and lead us not into pirasmos. That's, that's what's standing there. Okay. So what does it mean for us? Why am I doing this? We're talking about understanding trials and how to deal with it. With the balance of these two words and the Lord's Prayer, I've read many theologians' opinion on this to see what they're saying. And, and not a lot of them are willing to really say this is the one sentence because we have to know that we cannot fully, fully, fully comprehend always what God is saying. But there's enough truth for us to make the following three points. When you read, lead us not into temptation, you've got three options. Okay, say three. Number one, you could pray something like this. Lord, lead us not into temptation, meaning, Lord, as the enemy come to tempt me. Can we go to, to the next slide? Number one. As the enemy comes to tempt us, keep your hand over him lest he overcome me. 
in that sense, lead me not into temptation. Knowing that even though God is not the one who tempts, let, he, let him restrain the enemy. Where did that happen? Old Testament? Job. Oh, I want to have him. I want to have him. God says, okay. But you may not kill him. What did God do? He restrained the work of the enemy. He's got some rights on earth because of sin and we open doors, but still God can restrain him. And so when we say, Lord, please don't lead me into temptation, it's okay for you to think, Lord, when the enemy comes for me, restrain him. I trust you because God can do that. Are you with me? Number two, you may think for the word as testing. Lead me not into testing, okay? In other words, you may pray like Jesus in the garden, Lord, if you can spare me this test. Lord, I feel this test is too big for me. And when you say test, you mean maybe something God wants to do. But open your heart to say, but if. There is no other way, Lord, than take me through it. Lord, I'm scared of this test. Take me through it. Can you see how both of them falls within quite sound theology, but they've got a different taste. And then the last one, you shift your focus. Number three, Lord, as testing and temptation, whichever one it is, come my way, always deliver me from the plans of the evil one. So you, you shift your focus to leave me not in temptation, but deliver. So you say, Lord, whatever faces me today, whether it's the enemy coming for me, or whether it's you putting me through a test, Here's my prayer. Deliver me nonetheless. Can you see that? So, I hope that this will put some weight in the Lord's prayer for you. Everyone still with me? Now, we went quite deep here. Now we're going to almost move to applying this. Okay, so... The academics, they've got their fix. They got, they, they hit, their heads are spinning right now. We're moving on, and we're going to end tonight with three devotional truths to guide you through trials. Okay? So we're sitting on Matthew 6, verse 13. Lord, lead me not into temptation test, but guide me through it. Deliver me. Right. We go to that. Oh, we're there. Look at verse 11 quickly. Give us today our what bread? Daily. So Christ intends for us to pray this prayer daily, right? Are, are you guys with me? So daily, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. So, so, so how often do we ask for forgiveness of our sins? At least... Daily, <laughs> at least daily, give us our daily bread. Forgive us, it goes on, forgive us our debts. How often do we extend forgiveness? At least daily. Now, here we go. And lead us not into temptation. Test, temptation. How often do we face test or temptation? Daily. If you don't see it, it's only because you're not seeing it. 
but it is daily. Now, listen up. Very important. It leads us to our first point. There's a thing out there, and I mentioned it just now, that says, if you are a good person, there would be less tests. You know what I'm saying? If you are a bad person, there would be a lot of tests for you. Here's the problem. Avian, oh, just come and help me again. <laughs> Whom I'm following, I'm a Christian. Who am I following here? I'm a follower of Christ. That means the life, just this walk of figure of fact, the life that Christ lived, I am shaping my life after. I'm reading his word, his works. I'm trying to discover how he fashioned his life. And I'm following. Can you see that? I'm following Christ. All right? That's all you can say again. Now, picture Vian still here. Just, just help me again. I'm following. Okay. Good or bad person? That was an easy question. Okay. Never sinned once in his whole life died the most brutal death in the history of the world because he was the only man that was forsaken by God himself. The most amazing man, never sinned, most brutal trial or temptation in the history of mankind. And you are following after him. And the world tells us the better you are, the less you'll suffer. And we believe it because we don't know the Bible. Because we are following too much Facebook pictures with nice words on and not the Bible. Our Lord and Savior, there was never a man who suffered like him in the history and there never will be because he paid for every sin committed in this room. And here we are following him. So... When trials and temptation come, you can know you are just breathing. That's all it means. You're just breathing. You're just alive. Even if you shape your life often, even if you ask for the forgiveness of sins, there will be tests and temptations on your journey. And the first way to handle it is to know it. Getting caught unexpected gives us a big blow in this life. Once we know it, we are armed here in our hearts. Let it be known. There will be tests and temptations on the road of the righteous man. Me and you. Now, I just want to make a little star this side. There is heaps of trouble you can get yourself into. Okay? By running away from God into lawlessness. I'm not talking about that now. You can... Ruin your life in one week very quickly. I'm not talking about that now. I'm actually talking about you starting to follow him. On this journey, there will be trials and temptation. As you met my Okay. Now, I want to just need to say this. If you believe, if you've ever bought into that belief, and we've all done it, I've done it, you've done it, into that belief, the better I am, the less challenges I will have, or the less brutal they will be. If that's your belief, this is how you'll think. Follow me. 
If you are getting a lot of challenges and you believe you're doing good, who will you hate? You, you, you are doing good in your own mind and there's a lot of challenges coming your way. Who will you hate? God. Hey, I'm such a good person here. I'm such a good person. This is not supposed to, it's supposed to happen to Peter, man, not to me. Because I believe the better I am, the less challenges. What if I know I'm a bad person and I deserve this test or this temptation? Who will I hate? I will either hate thee or I will hate me. And you will fluctuate between the two. But then the truth comes and it sets you free. There's nothing wrong with you when these things come your way. Okay, everyone with me? Check this out. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. What that means is there's nothing new out there that God does not know about. Okay? God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Leave me not in temptation, Lord, but deliver me. And He will. But often He will not deliver you by making the circumstance disappear. He will rise up in you and give you victory over it. Know it. Why? Because after it, you look back, and there's the kop van Goliath. He did it through you. You've grown. Let's go. All right? Number one, we only have three points. Expect tests and temptations. Expect it? Done. Focus on overcoming them. There's your focus. Your focus is not why me, why? Let it be settled. Let it be known. He suffered a lot. So will you. Okay, we're not teaching doom and gloom, guys. We're just talking through this topic at the moment. So spend your energy on prayer, fellowship, overcoming that challenge in front of you. And you will do well. Make sense? Right. Let's go on. Very important. And forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. See the sequence. Okay? Look on the screen and see the sequence between verse 12 and verse 13. What the world has taught us and many churches is if you perform good, God will be good to you. And if God is good, that means less challenges. We already debunked that lie. Jesus was perfect. A lot of challenges. The other thing is, if I overcome this challenge, God would love me and accept me. If, if as soon as I'm done smoking, I will come to church because then I'll be acceptable to God. Don't laugh. That's how we think. I'm just going to sort out this before I pray because I'm, okay? It's the other way around. We ask forgiveness. We give forgiveness. What does the Father do? Embraces us. I got you, Peter. Thanks for, I got you here. He takes you there. He washes you clean. And then he says, there's tests and temptation awaiting. Get up and conquer them. 
You don't get your forgiveness after you've beaten the test. You get it before. So that valiantly you can rise up and stare it in the eye. Very important that we get this. And I'll tell you why and I'll illustrate it to you guys. What God is saying is I'm so different than the, pe the person you work for or that other friend that broke relationship with you or that person that persecuted you. If you come to me, um, can we go back please to that scripture? If, if, if you come to me, Peter, and you are honest about your mistakes, I will forgive you. What the world is saying, don't, don't, don't let him know that you broke that. Don't let him know that you missed it. God is saying, just come out with it. If you speak the truth, I've got you. We go from there. And that's what set us free. It's the only place where if you come out with what you've done wrong, you're in a better position. Listen to the story. A man hits a young boy, true story, in America, with his car. He's driving, qua, little boy. He gets a shock, and I mark a lane. Okay, hit and run. And he leaves the boy there to die. True story. The police finds the boy and starts an investigation. The long process catches the man in jail for life without parole. Done. It's the top end of the, of the law. They speak to him years later in interviews. Just speak with us. What happened there? What happened? Because what they figured out is if he stopped, because there was still life in the boy, the boy might have been saved in hospital. Maybe he'd still be in trouble because he was speeding or something. Why, why did you not stop? Why did you go on? Listen to what he said. He said, I grew up in a home where I was always fighting for my father's approval. And I was so scared of my dad. I just wanted him to love me for who I am, but I was scared. And my dad had this watch, a very expensive watch. And he, he barely wore it. It was only when it was extremely special occasions he'd have that watch on. He would put it in a handkerchief and put it back by his bedside table. And one day I went and I opened it and I played with a watch and I dropped it and it broke. And this is what he did is he put the watch back in the handkerchief, closed the bedside table, ran away. His dad called all called all the children and said, guys, who did this? He never told his dad because he was afraid of telling the truth. He was afraid of coming out. He said, I lost my first test. I didn't make it. After that, there was many tests which I failed. And then the one came. I hit the boy. And because I've been failing so many tests, so scared to come up, I took off. Here's the thing, we are praying to a loving father. And the only way to overcome is to let it be known in your spirit that you can come out with your sin before the father. Bring it out. Because he embraces you. And once he's embraced you, you will have the courage to overcome what lies ahead. There's no other way. 12 comes before 13. And that's why Christians should be the best people to employ. Because they are known before God 
to come out with them. It's okay for them to say, I messed up. It's okay to say, I broke it. God, I missed it because they get embraced by God. We should bring it into the world. Let me not go off a point. Number two, our loving Father grants us the forgiveness of sins before we face the test. God wants you to know whether you make it or not, it's not going to make him love you more or less. Know it. I will love you before you go into the battle. The gospel is the only place where you are at your most powerful position when you come up with your weakest stuff. There's no other place in the world like that. Last one. I just quickly want to, before we land the last one, Testing and temptation is so close to one another, what the enemy wants and what God does. It's literally just the other side of a coin. For example, if there's a big test that God is taking Peter through, okay, um, whatever, just make up a story. Let's say Peter must, Peter must go to his boss and let him know that he stole 10,000 rand. It is both a test and temptation. Did you know that? Because there's two fathers on each side. The one father is the father of lies. What is he saying to Peter? This is going to break you. This is going to end your career. There's a temptation. Opt out, opt out. It's the same situation. What does the other father say? After you've gone to your boss and come out of it, you will be stronger in the day before this test is going to bold you and the enemy wants you to feel same situation same one I've got friends they've got twins sorry I've got friends they are twins <laughs> their mom died one ran into the arms of God one ran away same house same blood same person died one ran away one ran closer why? It's just the other side of a coin. God is rooting for you to make it. And the enemy is saying, you will fail. You will fail. And it is when we do verse 12 where we say, Lord, here's my sins, when we start to hear that voice. Boom, I got you. Okay. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. We are at the last point. Moe nie uitteppie, ons is amper daar. Moe nie val voor die eindstreepie. Okay, so listen to this and then see if it reminds you of something in the New Testament. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you. Murray, thanks for this confirmation. That God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart. There's that word again. God is testing you to know what is in your heart. Okay? whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor your fathers know, that he might make known that, listen up, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Where do we get that in the New Testament? 
When Jesus is tempted, where is he tempted? In the desert. How long was he there? 40 days. How long was the Israelites in the desert? 40 years. You see that? Okay. Did the Israelites make their test? No, they failed. The test that the Israelites failed, Christ came and he succeeded. Can you see that? There was a time just before he got crucified, don't lose me here, where he was in a garden and he was praying and he was sweating blood and he was saying, Father, if you can take what is in front of me away from me, please do it, but not my will, yours. And he succeeded that day. Rewind to the beginning. There was two people in a garden. And there was a test and they failed. The test that Adam and Eve failed, Christ came and succeeded it for us. What is important for you to know? Even if you understand that it's okay to have that there is tests and temptations, even if you bring your sins to God, there will be times where you will fail. But know it. There's a man that came. And every test that you have failed, he overcame for you, Jesus. Number three, when you fail, the world, the world says, run away. Hide it in a handkerchief. But when you fail, this is what scripture says, run to your savior. Confess your sin to the one who already overcame that sin for you. Even in all this, it's okay if you come up short because he did not come up short when he was paying for that failure on a cross. You can come. And so here we are, a bunch of broken misfits in Secunda. The only thing beautiful about us is that he paid for the ugly parts of us in full. Isn't that amazing? It's okay if you wake up some days and you feel like, I am the worst wife in Mpumalanga. <laughs> because we fail at times. But then what? Then what do you do? Run to the Savior who paid for that so that tomorrow His grace becomes new and you can go again. What if you missed that opportunity with that man at work? He was just starting to ask you about church and God and you just didn't have the guts to say, listen, just come with me, I'll take you. And now you're back at home and you're beating yourself up because there was this wide gap and you didn't take it. Run to the Savior. Lord, I missed it. But you did not miss it. And His grace will allow you another opportunity. Isn't that amazing? Let's wrap this up. Last slide for the evening. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Win, lose. Your acceptance is not in that. Are you coming or not? That's all that matters. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, 
And I will give you rest tonight. There is no formula. There's no one, two, three, four, five. There's no Excel sheet. There's a person. And we can only go to him. Jesus. Cannot give you steps. Think, think about it like this. Then do this. Then do that. No. There's a person who's waiting to meet with you. And he will never back down when you are going through a test or a temptation. Amen. Let's stand up tonight.